Welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. In this podcast, we take a reading from Scripture each day. We look at the background material to that passage and also application for us. Once again, welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Welcome to the Illuminated Word. My name is Devin Morris. Today, our passage is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24, verses 36 through 49. We'll read our passage, maybe give a little context to it, and some application. So let's read. As they were talking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace to you. But they were startled and frightened and thought they saw a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled, and why do doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet, that is I myself. Touch me and see. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones, as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still disbelieved for joy and were marveling, he said to them, Have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate before them. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said to them, Thus it is written, that the Christ should suffer on the third day and rise from the dead. And that repentance for the forgiveness of sin should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. You get from the very first um, uh, phrase we have here in verse 36, as they were talking about these things, this is, you know, on the heels of the uh, Emmaus story, where two of Jesus's disciples encounter Jesus, not knowing it's him, until they take him into their home and break bread with them, and then he reveals to them who he is uh, over the over a meal. Something very similar happens in this passage, and so you get that that Luke chapter twenty four, which is the last chapter of his gospel, is. Uh, It really is the culmination of everything else. And um, it's it's meant to, I don't want to say tie up loose ends, because uh, you really are, there there is a good practice of reading Luke and Acts together. Um, Don't don't necessarily say they're one book, as, as some people would, but they definitely should be read together. It's Luke telling the same story. So I don't want to say it's just like the end of the story, but there's, there, it definitely is the end of Jesus' presence and direction and teaching to his disciples directly in this way. You know, Acts 1 is going to kind of give Jesus' final charge, and we see the ascension occur again in Acts 1, um, as you do here at the end of Luke's gospel. But these couple of stories here in chapter 24 are really meant to tie up what Jesus has done and point to some significant things. The road to Emmaus story and the story we have here are very similar in in just this this broad structure of uh, Jesus appears, reveals himself, instructs them through Scripture, um, and has a divine departure. So there, there there's those two basic. Um, occurrences between those two stories. And so Luke is, is trying to emphasize something. And so maybe you could say, what's he trying to emphasize? You know, you know that, that could be speculation. But it really does seem to be there is a, um, a focus, if, if we're looking at the Emmaus story and this one, of 
tying who Jesus is, what he has just done through his resurrection on the third day with that, that, that these men and women should know from their Old Testament, uh, that they should know that from what God has already done in history. And that's what they, um, that Jesus really points to. So let's kind of walk through a couple of verses and we'll have some application for us here at the end too. Uh, he opens up with peace to you, which is a very common greeting. It's a Hebraic greeting. Um, so whether this is Luke's Hebrew source that he's pulling from, or Jesus was speaking, uh, you know, Aramaic possibly to his, to his disciples, those are all fine options. But in doing so, they're startled and frightened and thought they saw a spirit. So regardless of their earlier encounters, their knowing that Christ has risen from the dead, it's still startling to them when they finally, um, are, you know, in- encounter Jesus in this physical form. And so he calls attention to their doubt. He says, okay, if you still have this doubt, come and come and touch me. See that it's actually me. See my hands and my feet. You know, John gives the the more descript version of this where they come in and actually touch, place his hand, their hands in, in, in his wounds um, to, to verify that it's him. And so he does it. He shows them his hands and his feet. And they're still in disbelief. They don't know what's going on. So he says, okay, here's another physical proof that I'm here. Do you, got, do you have anything to eat? And so they give him a piece of broiled fish. He takes it and eats it. And in this, I don't, you know, I guess some people might try to say Jesus is doing a party trick at this point. But I, I think this goes to, to, to display or imply that they share, share a meal together as Jesus does several times with his disciples in his resurrection state. So they share a meal together. They witness him eating this fish. And, and so he really does have a physical component uh, to his resurrected body. And, and Jesus calls attention to it, too, at the end of verse 39, right? He says, A spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. Our, we, we really need to understand that our resurrection form is not a disembodied spirit. That is... That is old Greek mythology as far as what a resurrected state would look like. Uh, we have something much more real than just a disembodied spirit. And when I say real, I mean something tangible, physical. That's We're, we're going to have bodies. And we can play around with the idea, you know, maybe it's our body and it's, you know, most pristine condition or whatever the case. Um, I know that Jesus still has wounds on his body. And that might uh, discomfort some that they're going to uh, not have a, a perfected physical form. But whatever the case is, I don't think that's the focus. Um, I think we will be so um, in awe and um, in wonder of, of where we are and what we have and the relationships we will have. Um, I think we'll, we will wear, especially wounds like this. There's some early Christian thought that... Um, wounds held by mar- martyrs that martyrs would still carry their wounds into heaven and those would be you know almost badges of honor and uh, and we know from revelation that the martyrs do have a um a special like level of recognition i guess you could say in in heaven and and, and maybe that's what jesus's body kind of points towards as well the fact that he still has his wounds and you have the same setup here. He, he displays himself physically. They know he's a tangible, real, uh, resurrected body. And then he goes in to tie it into Scripture. And he mentions the Law of Moses, the Prophets, and the Psalms. 
But if you go, I mean, you can't really tie that down to any specific verse where you're going to have something tying in resurrection with Messiah. Uh, that that's that's going to be pretty tough. What Jesus is really pointing to it's all of the law, all of the prophets, all of the Psalms were pointing towards this. There's not this explicit verse to to point you to. It's the whole thing. Read through the whole thing and you see that it's pointing towards what I have done by rising on the third day. And in doing so, he opens their mind to scripture. Um, and then he reminds them, and, and this is kind of Luke's narration probably at this point, verses 46 through 49, or 44 through 49 really, where Jesus is saying these things. And, um, you know, the Christ is meant to suffer and raise on the third day. That repentance of sins is meant to be proclaimed to all the nations, and that's what the whole book of Acts is about. So Luke is closing out what Acts will begin, uh, this message of repentance and a proclamation of salvation uh, to all the nations, uh, beginning in, in Jerusalem and how they are witnesses to these things. That's the big, maybe, theme verse, Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, that we that the disciples are now witnesses. They have a change of character. They are no longer just disciples. They are witnesses. And they're meant to carry that witness into all the nations. Um, and it's pretty significant here. Uh, verse 49 um, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. Jesus sends the Spirit. And that ties in nicely with John chapter 16, where Jesus says, I have to go in order to send the Spirit. And so that's how Jesus is, is leaving his disciples. Um, we need to know that as Christians in the 21st century, that the message never changed, right? Jesus in his earthly ministry, all the things that he accomplished and did, did not all of a sudden change the story for us um, from the standpoint of what we are meant to deliver to all people, and that is a message of repentance and salvation. Now, a big thing did occur at Jesus' resurrection for all of us, yes, but the message, the core of Christianity has not changed. Our, our Christ, our Messiah, suffered for us, and it's through that suffering that we are called to repentance, and it's through that repentance that we find salvation. And it's in that salvation that we will be with God, belong to God for all of eternity. I hope you're looking for ways to love and serve your neighbor in genuine and sincere ways. Peace and love.